0: So I don't I don't know how you feel at the start of a new year about 2022. We went through a lot in 2021. We went through a lot in 2020. Um, there's always this sense of like, is 2022 going to be better? What are we planning for in this year? What are we hoping for? Uh, In the church, we've got so much coming up. We've got new ministries starting. Next week, we're going to tell you about our new board. We've got new board members who we're going to introduce to you next Sunday morning. Uh, We've got uh, things going on in that new building. We've got so many different conversations going on right now. But I wonder as well in your own life, what your goals and your dreams are for 2022. Anyone brave enough to say that they've got some New Year's resolutions this year? No one. I, I bet you people did. Everyone's like, I'm not going to tell anyone because I'm not going to be able to keep them. But yeah, okay. All right. Well, here's a little final challenge for you. I'd love to know. And if you're under 18, you can particularly help with this. The top five New Year's resolutions in America over the last five years. Okay. Uh, anyone anyone could take a guess at any of the top five? <laughs> Exercise. Yeah, what a surprise. Okay. I got this little picture I took of my gym three weeks ago. Where is the picture? There it is. See that? (laughs) That's what it looks like in December, by the way. I imagine I've not been back today, but I imagine if we went back today, there might be slightly more people in there. Okay. Anyone else got a New Year's resolution? A a top New Year's resolution you think there might be? Read more. Read more. Uh, Interestingly, you're far too clever, Jessica. That's not on the list. No, so sorry. Uh, Anyone else? Spend less money. money. Yeah, saving money. Definitely true. That was number three. Any more? Earn more (laughs) Earn more money. Uh, Actually, no. Oh, actually, no. Career ambitions. Yeah, that was number five. Good job, Gina. Any more? Be more organized. No, that wasn't on the list, sadly. I'll give you a clue. The last two are basically similar to the first one. Yeah, lose weight. That was number two. Improve your diet. Good job. Excellent. Round of applause. You, You got them. And, and New Year's resolutions are really important, aren't they? Because they, they kind of help us to start a new year. But the data does tell us that sadly, by the end of January, the vast majority of New Year's resolutions no longer exist in our lives. And it kind of asks the question, well, is there something better? As we start a new year in our own personal lives, as life of church, is there something that we can go for that's more exciting, that's more long-lasting, that speaks more to who we were created to be, to our identity, to our purpose, to who we are? What's a kingdom vision? for 2022. And uh, we're going to be looking at that together this morning and then we're going to continue looking at it over the weeks to come. And we're going to be in the book of Luke. If you were with us with the fall, we actually went through the first four chapters of the book of Luke in a slightly odd order. Um, and it just so happens as we start in January again, the next little part of the book of Luke is Luke chapter 5, the beginning of Luke 5, which is all about the calling of the first disciples. And it's amazing when you read the Bible how God suddenly just brings something out that you weren't expecting, something right on the money for this moment. And so I was so excited when I saw that we're going to be reading that this morning. And so let's look at the calling of the very first disciples from Luke 5, 1-11. to 11. Um, now, we're going to do our reading in a slightly different way this morning. We have it up on the screen, but not in a format that you'll recognize. But this is actually in the format that the V Kids use for their reading. So let's go. My video on the screen.
1: Stories of the Bible Jesus calls Peter. This is Jesus. Hey, Who is the Son of God and the Savior of the world? Jesus grew up in Nazareth. Hey, Jesus and was baptized by john in the jordan river jesus began teaching about god's love and healing people of their sickness one day john saw jesus walking by and told the people around him that jesus was the lamb of god one of the people standing with him was andrew whose brother was simon who would later be known as peter andrew went to find his brother and said We have found the Christ! Whoa! Really? Come on! Simon went with Andrew and met Jesus. Uh Uh-huh. I'm Simon. Jesus looked at Simon and said, Your name is Simon, son of John. Yes, it is. But you will be called Peter. Uh, Okay. On another day, Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee and lots of people crowded around him to hear what he had to say. Oh, uh, uh, hello. Well, oh, okay. Jesus noticed two empty boats for Andrew and Peter had left them and were washing their nets. Jesus stepped into one of the boats hey, Peter! and asked Peter to take him out into the sea. Okay. So he sat in the boat and taught the crowds from there. When he had finished speaking, he said to Peter, Now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. Uh. But Peter said, We worked hard all last night and didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. Whoa! They called to some other fishermen for help. Hey! and soon both boats were filled with fish. When Peter realized what happened, he fell to his knees before Jesus and said, Oh Lord, please leave me. I'm such a sinful man. Jesus replied to Peter, don't be afraid. Come, follow me and I will show you how to fish for people.
0: Really?
1: Really. (laughs) And as soon as they landed, they left their nets and followed Jesus. So Simon Peter became one of Jesus's 12 disciples and followed his friend Jesus throughout his time on earth.
0: There you go. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word in the different formats that we get to read it in our different groups. And as we look this morning at this passage from Luke's Gospel, would you open up our hearts and our ears and our eyes to see something fresh of you and your love and your calling on our lives, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we have this really amazing scene in this passage. Jesus has been traveling through this area around the Sea of Galilee. He's healed people. He's claimed to be Messiah. He started to teach people. And one day as he's teaching people, he is such a large group of people that he can't see them all. And so he borrows the boat of these young fishermen. Now we don't know quite how old the fishermen were, some estimates say, like, could have been as young as like 15 years old. Some of them say they could have been as old as kind of in their early 20s. But there's these young guys, and they've been out fishing all night long, and they have caught nothing. I imagine if you can think about teenagers who've been up all night and caught no fish, and now are having to clean their nets, I just imagine they might have been slightly grumpy, uh, probably a little bit despondent. And yet, along comes this guy Jesus, and not only does he first say, "Can I borrow your boat?" He then says, can you take the boat out a little bit? And you know you did that fishing thing, you caught nothing, now here's what I want you to do. I want you to do it in a different way, I want you to put your nets back down on the other side of the boat and see if you're going to catch some fish. Now for a rabbi to go to a young fisherman, hey, you're fishing on the wrong side of your boat, is probably like a pastor saying to an iPhone engineer in California, the battery is on the wrong side of your iPhone. Like It's probably at that kind of level. And I think if someone had come up to me and said that, I would have been really angry. But there's just something. There's something about Jesus' invitation. There's enough in it for Simon Peter to go, okay, I will do it. And of course he puts down the nets and we know this story really well. He pulls them up and there's enough fish to almost sink the boat. It's so much fish. And it's a beautiful story. It's a story we look at in V Kids, you maybe thought about it when you were growing up. But it's not actually a story that's primarily about fish. It's not out to how to be a great fisherman in 2022. It's actually a story, a picture, of how God wants to work with those disciples, about how he wants to use Simon Peter in his life. It's a story about identity. It's a story about purpose. And it's a story about mission. Now, I don't know, I don't know how you feel about those kind of words like mission um, and evangelism. They're words that I feel like get a lot of bad press nowadays, you know if you're if you're in elementary school the word mission kind of means something like you know my kids have been learning about it this year those big uh, f- buildings that the first settlers the first like Spanish um, A Mexican missionary is brought to California and built along the coast. Uh, If you're from Europe, you might think about like the crusaders of all who rode on horses and had swords and were quite forceful with people to become Christians. Maybe you think about like those who went to places like Africa and Asia as missionaries. Maybe even more recently, and you think about the word evangelism. You think about like those guys on TV in fantastically dressed suits who for just a small amount of money will offer you eternal salvation. And when you think about mission and evangelism in those terms, it's maybe not surprising that often like, people get a bit of, like, of a jarred reaction. right? It's like a knee-jerk thing. And, and especially when we live in a culture which wants to say to us all the time, everything is equal. Because if everything is equal, if truth is relative, then for me to want to tell you what you should think about a God figure actually can be seen as like, disrespectful. It could be okay for you to be a Christian, But like, don't tell me what to do. You do you, man, and I'll do me, and that's fine. You can do Jesus, I'm going to do yoga. You can do Jesus, I'm going to do knitting. You can do Jesus, I'm going to do like hiking, whatever it would be. Because if all truths equal, then what might be true for you is fine, but it's not necessarily what's true for me. Well, actually, in a Christian sense, whilst that sounds like a nice fluffy way of thinking about the world, it's so different from what God wants to teach us about who he is and about his mission. And when we think about mission, we actually have to start with this really actually quite deep understanding that before we ever talk about mission, God has a heart and a mission. So this is a little bit deep for a family service, but think about it like this for a minute. Before God created a world, there was God in community, right? There was God who was... Actually, let's do a little test. Who knows? So if you're under the age of 18, right? God who was Father, other two, per, other two persons of the Trinity, anyone shout them out? Come on. Son and Holy Spirit. I'm not sure all those voices were under the age of 18, but just saying. <laughs> But before there was ever a world, God was in community. There's this beautiful um, word they use, the word perichoresis, which means this interplay of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit loving one another, preferring one another in community. And out of that beautiful place of community, they parented, they birthed this world that we know. They created human beings in their likeness as a parent to a child and created this beautiful thing that we read about in the book of Genesis in the Bible. But in the book of Genesis, we also read that very soon things go really badly wrong in the world, that through the fall, evil and sin and darkness and brokenness enters the world and the world therefore becomes not as God originally intended it to be, but it actually becomes broken and in a pain. But God doesn't stop there. God doesn't finish his involvement in the world in Genesis chapter one and say, I'm so sorry, you guys, you messed it up. It's over to you now. In fact, that same relationship, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit start to work again. They start to act again. They act on mission. They enact the most profound, most incredible, most amazing rescue mission that the world has ever seen. A mission to fix what had been broken, to restore the things that had been lost, to save the things that had fallen away. And so how did it work? Well, God the Father... Sent his son. You see that motion we've just mentioned we've just talked about it in Christmas. God sent Jesus to earth to live, to give this most incredible teaching, to live without sin and blame, to die as we'll talk about it at Easter time, to rise again, to conquer the power of sin and darkness. But that isn't the end of the story of mission actually either because what does Jesus do towards the end of his life? He actually says this, I'm going to go back to the Father and I am going to send the Spirit to the world. The Father sends the Son. The Son and the Father send the Spirit. This is, by the way, seminary kind of stuff here. We send the Spirit. But why does the Spirit come to the world? The Spirit comes to the world to empower the church to join in with the mission of God. Are you with me? I know it's January the 2nd and it's early, right? Okay. The Father has a mission for rescue. The Father sends the Son. The Son sends the Spirit. The Spirit sends the church. And we, the church, are then joined up in God's mission of redemption and purpose and meaning. You see, sometimes I think we get into a mistake because we think of mission as something that brave people with no social inhibitions do when they go out onto the streets or they go into the community, when actually what we find firstly is that actually mission is our identity. It's our calling. It's who we are. And when you became a Christian, it wasn't actually so that God could go, okay, check that one. He's going to heaven. We'll leave him over there. It was actually so that God could sweep you up in his eternal plans of mission and redemption. That the reason that God put you where you are, made you who you are, put you in the school that you're in, the workplace that you're in, the street that you live on, around the family that you have, so that you could be an agent of his kingdom purposes where you are, right? Amen? Amen. Okay, good. So you might say, well, then what, what is God's plans? What is mission? What does God want to do on the world? Well, the first thing we can definitely say, is really easy, is to say that God's plans are always about restoring the broken relationship that God has with his children. That's why Jesus came, not as a nice idea, not as some great moral teacher who can teach us a few good things, but actually Jesus came to restore, to offer relationship where there was no relationship, where sin had broken it. That's why Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No, I'm not one of, I'm not a nice idea, I am the very way, the very source, the very salvation, the very solution to the problem between you and brokenness, and I have come to fix it. But you might also say, well, that's not the end of the story either because if the original plan A was what happened in the Garden of Eden and will one day happen again in the future when Jesus returns and makes all things perfect and beautiful again, we can also say some other things about mission because we can also say that mission also includes everything else where things are broken, if God had a plan that looked like the garden of Eden and it looks like heaven one day then we can also say that anywhere and anything that it works against that plan is also needs fixing. And so what well, you can say like well the mission of us as a church also goes to everywhere where human life is not valued and protected. It goes to places where we don't care for the poor and the lost and the least and the lonely where there isn't justice and fairness on the earth. even goes to places where we don't care for the very beautiful home that God created us to to look after. All of those are the missional story that God has for us. And it's actually where we find our identity. You know, like identity is such a big deal, isn't it? Like, who am I? What was I made for? Who am I supposed to be in 2022? Well, here's the answer. This is what you were made for. This is why God didn't just go, hey, let's send him off to heaven now. This is why a few of you have a few more years, and some of you have a lot more years, and I don't know how many have no prophetic insight, but we have some more years. And the reason we have some more years is because God prepared in advance things for you to do, things for me to do, which are to be swept up in the plans and the purposes that God has for Pasadena, for your street, for your workplace, for your college, for your family, for your friends. That is what God wants to do, right? And you are called into it. Tim Keller, who's much cleverer than me and most other human beings, he said this, When Jesus said you must lose yourself in service to find yourself, he was recounting what the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have been doing throughout eternity. You will then never get a sense of self by standing still, as it were, and making everything revolve around your needs and interests. Unless you are willing to experience the loss of options and the individual limitation that comes from being in a committed relationship and a mission, you will remain out of touch with your own nature and the nature of things. Challenging words, right? For the start of January. We find ourselves when we join in with God's plans, his missio dei for the world. And that's what Jesus does to Simon Peter. He says, hey, Simon Peter, you know, you had this plan for your life. It was kind of small. It was fine. You wanted to catch fish. You weren't very good at it. Well, here's the thing. I have a bigger story for your life. Your story is to be swept up. No longer are you going to be just about the fish. What I want you to be is about my plans, about my purposes, about bringing other people into the kingdom. Now, I don't know what your vision is for 2022, but when I say the word mission, maybe that sounds scary. I don't know. You're like, well, hey, Ben, that's fine, but I'm not the guy who walks down the middle of the Rose Parade with a megaphone shouting at people that they should turn from their sins. You know? I'm not the person who wants to necessarily board a flight to a jungle and work with unreached people groups. Like, I, don't, I don't know how to do that stuff. I'm not an evangelist. I like, I, I'm, well, here's the thing. You may not be an evangelist, but you are a witness You're a witness to all sorts of things. I don't know what your best Christmas movie was this year, and I don't know if you've been telling everyone about the best Christmas movie this year, Laura and I watched a really good one with Leonardo DiCaprio last night. It's really good on Netflix, by the way. Just saying, just saying. I reckon you're probably a witness to the best things you've watched on Netflix. You're probably a witness to the best food that you've had. You're probably a witness to the best places that you go to eat. You're a witness to loads of things. But God's invitation to you is actually to be in the power of the Spirit, a witness to who he is. In Acts chapter one, there's one of the very last things Jesus says to Simon Peter, that you will receive power When the Holy Spirit comes on you, there you go, there's the sending of the Spirit, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That's the invitation. That we, not that we necessarily are going to be the noisy evangelists, but actually that we would just bear witness to the things that God has done in our lives, to the transformation He's made. People say to me, hey Ben, what's the vision for 2022 for vintage? Um, And I've got to say, I've been just thinking and praying these last kind of weeks and months. I actually have quite a bold answer to give to that question right now. My vision for Vintage Pasadena is that this year that we would double in the size of our community. Now, before you go like, oh no, mega church, aspirational pastor guy coming, I don't mean let's go and persuade another couple of hundred lovely Christians who already go to other churches that they need to come to a church with a better accent. That's what, I don't mean that. If, I, if you ever hear me saying something like that, you can come and like do a Rose Bowl game, tiles tackle on me and take me out, that's fine. But what I do mean is this. How many of you know at least one person who lives in this area who doesn't know Jesus yet? How many of you know at least one person who once upon a time was in a loving relationship with a church who right now is not part of a loving relationship with a church? Right? I do. If we are to double the impact of what we do as a church, it's very simple. If every single one of us in 2022 was to witness to the good news of Jesus, which led to one person coming into a church relationship or relationship with Jesus, that would see this church transformed. And if everyone did it, and we did it every year, it would take very little time before the whole world (laughs) knew the good news of Jesus. Now, I know that sounds scary, but that's why we want to do everything we can this year to help you to do that and to make it simple. It's why, in a few months' time, we'll be running Alpha again. And Alpha is an environment where you get to bring your friends to have dinner, it's that simple, and have a great conversation with interesting people, and ask their big questions of life, the universe, and everything, and to come and explore faith. And last year, we had some amazing stories of people coming to faith through Alpha. In a wider sense, it's why in January we're going to be going out with Pastor Dan onto the streets of Pasadena, and we're going to be involved in the homelessness count, where we're going to go and meet those people who literally live under the bridges of our city on the streets of our city. We're going to be giving them care packages. We're going to be building relationship with them, and we're going to be working with the local government just to simply be able to measure and record and see what can be done to help those people. Um, In a wider sense as well, it's why we want to run a parenting course because we realized that one of the biggest challenges for people, parents in our neighborhood is like how to parent your children in this digital crazy age of covid. And if you would like to help Laura and I want to be part of a team to help us run an online parenting course, we would love to talk to you for that. And it's why in March we're going to do our first ever international mission trip. Uh, that's exciting. Uh, so Maurizio, who's here this morning somewhere, he uh, is one of our youth team, but he's also works with an amazing organization who uh, work with unreached people groups in Mexico. And so we're going to be sending our, some of our youth and we're going to be sending some of our rest of our team down to Mexico for a short trip to go and witness to the good news of Jesus, to people who have never heard the good news of Jesus and to love people. Now, all of those we're going to do to help you because we want to make it as simple as possible. My hope and my prayer is that by the end of 2022, you will be able to say, my friend, my colleague, my neighbor, they now know Jesus. They now know that they're loved. They now know that they're forgiven. They now know what it means to be in a loving relationship with Jesus in the life of a church because of what we did together. Are you up for that? Maybe. Okay, I hope you'll be more up for it soon. So we grow as we go on mission we Sorry, we go as we grow on mission. We find our identity. That's exactly what Simon Peter finds. But the second thing, and the only other thing I want to say this morning, is actually that's also the way that we grow when we go on our mission. Um, I don't know what you are hoping to grow in this year. Maybe if you're under the age of 18, you are hoping to like physically grow this year. My kids are probably, Chloe, you up for growing this year a little bit? <laughs> no. Okay, Chloe's not going to grow this year. I don't know. <laughs> I imagine some of us want to physically grow, not so much me. I'm not into the physical growth thing anymore. Um, But I imagine maybe we want to grow in skills. We want to grow in maybe learning new things at school, new languages, new abilities to do things. I, for sure, really want to grow in my relationship with Jesus this year. I do every year. But I would love to say at the end of 2022, man, I know Jesus more. I'm a little bit more like Jesus than I was when I started the year. I have a bit more faith. I have a deeper relationship with him. I have more intimacy. I'm more worshipful. I'm more prayerful. Um, and when we talk about those things, often the word that we use is discipleship. We say like, hey, we want to come to church and we want to, we want to worship together. We want to pray. We want to study the Bible together. We want to meet in small groups. And that's really important. That's why you're here this morning. Because it's the theory It's the way that we gain information. If you want to learn anything, if you want to learn a new language, you actually need to get the studying done, right? You have to go to school. You have to read the books. You have to read the stuff on the internet. You have to get the theory. But if you're going to learn something, you also need something else. Theory is usually not enough to learn something. You actually also need practice, right? Now, if you're in in 2022, I hope that you don't have to have serious surgery but if you did have to do serious surgery, go to serious surgery and you were trying to find a great doctor. I imagine if you said to a doctor, Hey, where did you go to medical school? And they go, Well, I never went to medical school. I just started practicing in my garage. I think you would probably go, Okay, that's not enough. Like, no theory, no medical school, I'm out. But I also imagine if you went to a doctor and you said, Hey, where did you go to medical school? And when I went to Harvard Medical School, like, wow. Okay, and how many times have you performed this bit of surgery before? oh, I've never performed any surgery on anyone ever before, I imagine you would also be out, right? Because to be a great doctor, to be a great lecturer, to be a great engineer, to be a great scientist, to be a great anything, you have to learn the theory and you have to put the theory into practice. And that is exactly how the Christian life was designed for growth as well. When Jesus calls Simon Peter, right, he's out in this boat. What does he say? Hey, Simon, come and spend three years with me sitting in a classroom and we're just going to lecture and we're going to talk for three years. No, he definitely does include that. Simon has one-on-one. Simon Peter has one-on-ones, three-on-ones, small group settings. He has large group settings. He gets watched. Jesus in massive group settings and conferences and the whole lot. Jesus does the whole like, thing like that. But what does Simon, Jesus say to Simon Peter right this moment? Hey, man, this is what I want you to do. Be obedient, try this, and see what happens. It's the way that Jesus works throughout his life. When Jesus is speaking again in Matthew 10, he says this, As you go, Simon Peter and the disciples, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, pretty scary, all of those. Freely you have received, now freely you must give. It, it makes me sad sometimes that I think Christians divide these two. Some Christians become are really great at theory. They have sat through more sermons and more Bible studies and been more courses than any other human beings known to man. But sadly, sometimes those people never get outside of the doors and ever do anything which changes the way that they live on a Monday. Sadly, other people will say, well, I don't need church. I don't need do any theory. I'm just going to go and do the stuff. If you want to grow as a follower of Jesus in 2022, I promise you, you need two things. You need to go as deep and as rich and as far as you can in discipleship and small group settings and prayer and worship and learning together so that when you leave here, when you get out on a Monday morning, it actually changes how you live. It actually changes how you love. It actually changes the conversations you have on Zoom or on the water cooler or the people in the school gate. Theory and practice come together. And I know it's scary. And I know it's involved and I know it's costly. But this is what Jesus says to Simon Peter. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. And this is what he did. So they pulled up their boats on the shore. They left everything and they followed him. As we start this new year together, I think that's the invitation that Jesus gives to every single one of us. Will you pull up your old life to some extent to offer Jesus everything? And will you follow him with your lives in 2022? Because if you will, I promise you will see things that you can't even dream about right now.